Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Sarah, the 2018 series by TKO Studios, collecting issues one to six of the comic book by Garth Ennis, Steve Epting, and colorist Elizabeth Bre- Bre- Bright Weiser. Close enough, Bright Weiser. I'm keeping it. You nearly, uh, nearly did it. Right? Nearly did it. But your look, we'll keep it in. Ben, this week's uh, comic book was given to us uh, by a very good friend of the podcast, Cron Crafts. Yeah, Cron Crafts. And what. What a recommendation. What a recommendation. Benjamin, what we should recommend is that people go and have a look at his bloody YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a good YouTube channel. He is a mine of information, ladies and gentlemen. All things craft related. Bloody make things. Yeah, he makes lots of things. Bloody maker. Anyway, look. look. Here's the thing, Ben. We, you and I. Yes. Both of us. Together. Yes, not traditionally fans of war comics. Not our thing, Michael. Bloody the superhero, the fantastical, the science fictional. That's our that's our wheelhouse. That's, model. Our, that's our realm. That's where we live. Yeah, that's our zone. Yeah. So what Cron did was said, "Here, lads, have a look at this. See if this tickles your pickles." And my pickle is firmly tickled. Firmly bloody tickled. Um, look, it's an unusual comic book, Michael. It comes from TKO Studios, which is a, a relatively new publishing house. Yeah. Um, on the market, they're so and new, Ben, that they bloody like our posts on Instagram. They do. That's how new they are. They're not. Uh, they're not quite above us yet. <laughs> they're not. They're not too far below us, but they're. <laughs> no. They're still more successful than we are. But they're relatively new, Michael, and their mission is to make comic book consumption very, very different. They're looking to change the comic book consumption game. Change up the game. Um, and I think just before this podcast, we were saying, uh, let's start. Basically on packaging here, Michael, which is a very different thing from what we normally do, but it's a very different comic from what we normally have, Michael. Yeah. There's a high quality feel to this, Michael. Yeah, it's very uh, premium. Yeah, premium. And the two names attached to it are huge. Garth Ennis. No, they're quite small. Look, Famous. probably uh, seven or eight cent millimeters. I see what you did there. See, I'm talking uh, about the size good, of the font. Very good. I meant in terms of significance in the comic book scene, Michael. Right, go on. Significance in the comic book scene. Garth Ennis has famously written hundreds Mm. of comic books yeah. um, most famously Preacher The Boys um, Punisher he's a huge Punisher guy yeah. um, Preacher Steve Steve Epting um, has drawn for Marvel continuously since the start of his career he had the huge run with Ed Brubaker on Captain America um, he's very good at a gritty down to life uh, no real to life superhero down to life down to, down earth. to earth yeah, yeah. Uh, down to earth superheroes he's good at that kind of thing um, and war comics are kind of his wheelhouse, I suppose, if you want to look at it that way. And Elizabeth Breitweiser, who uh, was responsible for colouring the fantastic cover that has caught many an eye. Um, caught your bloody eye anyway. Caught my bloody eye. Straight away, Michael. Straight away. Um, it's a very interesting comic, Michael. The, the quality, Michael. The oh, pages. The pages on it, Ben. Oh, the printing. It's bigger than a normal comic. Bigger than a normal comic. It's got a heft to it, Michael. Yeah. It's got a heft it's to it. It's bigger than a standard American comic, but smaller than a, an English comic. It is, to use a phrase that you have coined uh, many times on this on our other podcast, Michael, it's very cinematic. Go on. Very cinematic. Yeah. The size and scale, the art, the pacing. Mm. It's a very cinematic style book. It's like following a movie. It's all well, very realistic. Ben, why don't you tell us Go what on. it's bloody about? Yeah, that's Bearing in mind, Ben, that Collecting Issues is a bi-monthly comic book book club that people can follow along with so that everyone who's listening to this I assume has already purchased purchased or well you know illegally downloaded some of them probably (gasps) but they've read it more importantly fair enough 
in that case. So look, it's we're, we're spoilers are not even a concept on this podcast, Ben, because we've well, we don't spoil future things. But yeah, but this is a, a this is a, a limited series, Michael. But everyone who's listening to this has read the bloody comic. If you haven't read the comic, stop listening to this. Go read the bloody comic and then come back and then listen to this. God, I'm getting very aggressive. Yeah, you're all right there. Yeah, I'm all right. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, so Sarah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Is this yeah. a good pace? It's the war comic. Uh, it's, it's the war comic. Up. God, do you guys all riled up? So Sarah is the uh, eponymous character. Yeah. Eponymous. I used that correctly. You did. I? Yeah. I'm very nervous now <laughs> about the use of words. She's the eponymous character. She is pretty much the best sniper in a squadron of all female snipers. Yeah. Um, and she is what you would call battle hardened. She's she's just had her humanity kind of stripped away bit yeah. by bit. Um, during World War Two, she's a Soviet sniper taking out the old uh, Nazis the old as Germans. they encroach on the motherland, um, and it really follows her and her moral dilemma, and it kind of charts her erosion of humanity, if you will, how she she runs out of empathy and sympathy and things like this, and how pretty much by the end of the comic she just becomes a tool of war. She's um she is the gun that she fires quite oh, often, wow. um, and it's a, a really interesting look, um at a very different aspect of history that might get overlooked quite often. Um, what I didn't realise before reading this comic, Michael, is that Garth Dennis is a huge war comic fan. I mean, we could have put that together from the Punisher. The Punisher War Journal. But I didn't know if he would just enjoy the violence element of War Journal. No, but as it turns out, in one interview, he talks about how pretty much growing up, he was into a, a British war comic anthology series called Battle. Um and he would very often find out um, about real life war heroes through the exploits that, that were written and illustrated in battle. And it had a huge impact on a young Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, who was famously a cat that hangs outside this, yeah, this very tiny room. tiny room. Ben, this comic book is not based on a true story. It is not. It is not. But it is an amalgamation of various famous female snipers. So Russia has a long history, um, especially in World War II, of female sniper, uh, female snipers who were incredibly successful. And the reason for that is... Go on. Uh, during the World War II... Uh, during World War II... <laughs> during the World War II... Yeah, during the World War II, uh, yeah. During World War II. It's not World War II to Russians. It's the great patriotic or patriotic. I'm never sure how to say that one. You work away. You uh, say whatever The Great you want. Patriotic War is what it's known as. And believe it or not, um, there are a number of different theories on this, but women were an equal um, part. They were used in military combat quite often and they fulfilled every single job that a man could fulfill. And there's a couple of theories on, on why this is. Number one is it would fit the equality um, Egalitarian. edict of, yeah. of Marxist-Leninist uh, Marxism. Yeah, Marx-Lenin. Yeah, Marxist-Leninism or Leninist Marxism, depends on which way you say it. And it would fulfill that or... Yeah. They were hemorrhaging male soldiers and they needed to make up the deficit somehow. Just send bodies to the meat um, grinder. And I think it would probably be... I think we would argue that it's probably the latter. Yeah. I think if you talk to a Russian, they'd argue it was the former. Ben. It depends on who you ask. Here's the thing, though. Go on. The comic book directly contradicts what you've just said there because in the comic book, we find out that they're given every job except infantry. Oh. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I forgot that. Sorry, Michael. Because infantry is where... That. That's where you're sticking bayonets in people. and Yeah, real bloody. That's where the bayonets meet the bodies. Real bloody. So, yeah, it's based on an amalgamation. It's inspired by true events, not based on true a true story. Yeah, so I think um, 
Sarah herself, who is the best of them, mm-hmm. is is probably based on one of Russia's most famous snipers, uh, which is Ludmila Mikhailnova, yeah. uh, and then Pavlichenko, mm-hmm. which is just a mouthful. We, we are to anyone who might be Russian and listening, we're very sorry. Um, I don't speak fluent Russian, no. and my name pronunciation throughout this episode of Collecting all over the place will be a little bit rough. But Miss Pavlichenko had a confirmed three hundred and nine kills as yeah. a sniper. Um, for the Russian military during World War Two, which is a phenomenal amount of dead people from a distance. There's a lot of dead people. Um, and Sarah is um, rumoured to have murdered roughly the same amount of people. She has a nickname in this. Um, they're calling her the, the Red Bitch. Yeah. The Red Bitch is what the fascists call her, the Nazis. And she's the one that's taking them all out as they encroach on the motherland. It's interesting that you use the word murder. Oh, did I use the word murder? Yeah. Sorry. Rather not, than not to shame kill. anybody in military service. Oh, interesting. Um, well, that's going to get me in trouble somewhere. Can you uh, murder an invading army? That's oh, a very, that's a very moral. Up. Maybe you need to read more war comics, Benjamin. No, probably not. Um, I don't know what that would do to me. It would probably wear me out. Um, look, from a writing point of view, I, I came into this and I, I thought that it would be a real Garth Ennis classic. A lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot yeah. of over-the-top stuff. It's not. It's very down-to-earth. Very restrained. It's a very realistic, believable story of a unit very of restrained. women in a bloody war. Um, yeah, because I wasn't sure if we were going into this with an Inglorious Bastards vibe mm. where it's very stylized World War Two. It's not. No. It's, it's a very grim reality of, of what war might have been like. I'm not going to say what war was because we don't know. We that. don't know. We weren't there. And we, we weren't there. Um, so it it was great. I really enjoyed watching it. Tension is something that I picked up a lot on in, in this one, Michael. He builds uh, Mr. Hennis mm-hmm. um, builds and Mr. Epting and Mr. Epting are great at building interpersonal tension between different factions within this female unit. Mm-hmm. They are very close together, um, but you can see that Sarah throughout unnerves everybody else. Nobody really understands Sarah, mm-hmm. um, and Sarah seems to be just fully committed to being this weapon of war, and we find out by issue two I think or chapter two in this case as to why that is she has lost her family in one of the in one of the onslaughts by the Nazis although although did she Ben um, and so she committed herself through her training and things like that and women were quite often put through the sniper program because as you rightly pointed out Michael um, it was a more long distance finessed art and they found that women were a little bit better at it um, in general and when you look at Russia's published uh, famous snipers it's about 50-50 there are a lot of women um, in those ranks and funnily enough when you look at the pictures of these women you'll find a lot of the characters are very similarly drawn to them there they is, don't have the same names mm. but they, there's a likeness to certain characters there is a character in here I've forgotten her name unfortunately but she looks a lot like Ludmila Pavlenchenko yeah, it's um, oh I'm going to look her up now. I can't remember her name I think it's Vera is it it's Vera? the one that they call the beast or yeah. the monster She's. Uh, it's, I can't remember her real name but she has Ludomilla's face. Did you find, Ben, yes. that you looked at the characters and went, okay, this is easy. There's the blonde one, <laughs> the attractive one, the young one. They all had different colored hair. There's a reason for... There's the, a brown hair, an auburn hair, a blonde hair, a black hair and a red hair. <laughs> There's a reason for that. And again, this comes back to Garth Ennis, who was speaking about how he wrote this. One of, right. It turns out one of Garth Ennis' favorite series is Band of Brothers on yeah. HBO. 
and the reason that he enjoys Band of Brothers is first of all it's very down to earth yeah. and second of all he said that it's solved Band of lo- Bloody Sisters am I right? Amen brother um, and he said that it's solved a lot of the problems that commonly crop up in war stories and one of them is it's very hard to distinguish military people that's, from each other that's the whole point because they're wearing uniforms it's a nightmare of storytelling yeah. um, and so in this he has taken the same lengths to really distinguish each one of those people mm-hmm. from the other and um, Again, there are some very, very clear parallels between certain members of this um, squadron and real-life snipers. For example, one of the youngest ones that they had was a 17-year-old young lady, um, and her name was... Oh, I don't have this one written down. But she was 17 years old, and she had to confirm 39 kills in a Russian sniper unit. So she was very young to be taking that many lives, Michael, but she did it anyway. And there's a parallel to that in the comic, the red-haired one. Yeah, I can't can't remember her name. The red-haired one. Yeah, I can't remember her either. Um, But the tension is brought... Uh, into even sharper focus by uh, Nita is it Nita no Riza sorry Riza who is the propaganda uh, member of their squadron Mm. she is part of the NKVD which was a pre-runner to the KGB Mm mm-hmm at the time and she is constantly pushing the propaganda agenda of the Russian for the glorious motherland for for the colonel for for the colonel for, for the you know teach these fascist sons of bitches what to do and one of the things that I think Garth Ennis does really well is he shows how little these women believe in that bullshit um, they they laugh at Riza quite often and Riza is very detached from the violence of the war because she will always congratulate the girls and then Sarah seems to take a little bit of pride in pointing out it's like well we did kill this many people and it's a little bit bloody out there and blah, and Riza gets very uncomfortable um, with those moments and she seems to enjoy twisting that particular knife and showing Riza that it's not all propaganda and glory it's it's quite a lot of death there's a, a scene in issue 3 where Sarah and her squadron have to take out a, a group of Nazis that have been advancing their way through quietly um, where they stumble across them they come across a tank and they capture a tank and they have to take out the tank um, and Riza can't wait to show everyone how they did it and the story gets published and Sarah very quickly points out, yeah, but no one was in the tank. If they had been, we wouldn't have survived because traditionally snipers are useless against uh, tanks. You can't bloody snipe a tank, Ben. Yeah, you can't snipe a tank. It's bloody big. You can shoot the man if he pops his head out. If he pops his head out, but only if he's a gobshite yeah. um, and pops his head out. And no really battle-hardened person's ever popping their head outside the tank. She does get one guy like that. Yeah, and I think that was to show how stupid it would be to pop your head outside the tank. Why would you pop your head out of the tank? One of the things I find really interesting and probably shows Garth Ennis' love of war stories is how realistic a lot of those combat techniques actually are. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that becomes a recurring plot device in this is the the, the grenade under the body. Um, and what you do is you take, well, not what you do is because you won't do that and I'm not saying this as an expert what I learned from this comic Michael yes. is that if you pull the pin on a grenade and place it under a body with the weight of the body pressing down on the handle it stops the grenade from going off and what happens is usually a comrade of the person that you have slain um, or killed comes along and will check the body and they'll kick the body over to see who it was and when they kick the body over Kablumo. the handle's released and Blamo. Um, and one of the really interesting things here is uh, Rena, who is the head of the of the squadron, Rita or Rena, uh, is the head of the squadron. The blonde one. She will often argue with Sarah over this tactic because yeah. Sarah does it like breathing. It's just something she does to everybody that she finds so she can get more. Um, and Rena doesn't believe in it. She says there's no need to do that. And she says it's war. 
There is a need to do it. It's yeah. just one less thing. And I think by issue three, we start to see the flashbacks to Sarah's training and we see how adapted she is to it because she gets the terrible news that her family may or may not have been killed by fascists. Fa- winky wink, Ben. Winky wink. Uh, and so she dedicates herself to eliminating all of them. She says, every Nazi bastard I find from now on dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only later we find out why she's lost her glimmer for the propaganda and why she says subversive things which Rena is always trying to encourage her not to say because if Riza hears that she will report it back to the NKVD who will then disappear yeah. Sarah. Off she goes. Um, because she's not safe because that's what's happening in Russia at that time. Um, and we find out that Sarah while at a propaganda medal pinning ceremony found out that her family was eliminated in a purge. By the bloody Russians. By the bloody Russians. Not by the Germans um, at all, Ben. Which was a common thing that was practiced at that time. First of all, to Bruce morale, but primarily to save on food. Did you say to Bruce morale? To Bruce morale. <laughs> um, to boost morale. Um, and to it, was actually, it, it was actually to conserve resources. They would go in, purge entire towns, um, and remove them from the... The waiting list of food. And blame the Germans. And blame the Germans, which was uh, two birds with one stone. Mm. Um, and Sarah finds this out a little bit later. And we see what is fantastic character development because she wanders into the woods and kind of grows a personal vendetta against a sniper who is as good as her. Better. Uh, better to a large degree. And she takes it as her personal mission to eliminate this man. Mm-hmm. No, I think she's given the mission. Uh, she's given it but she's encouraged not to take it by the rest of the girls the girls say we'll do it together Okay. and she slips out in the middle of the night to, to take care of it herself because to her mind she's the only one who can do it mm-hmm. and we find out um, this is how the story uh, climaxes she no, defeats no, I guess about the end uh, sorry do you want me to no no yeah, no. We have, no. To, we have to talk so, about the ending so uh, as the ending goes along uh, she dies yeah. um, in this pursuit um, but it turns out that it's not one sniper who's better than her it's two who yeah. work together in tandem yeah. and the mistake that was made is that it was one man they thought it was one man doing it and there is a little bit of I think Garth Ennis is, is undermining maybe the, the more revisionist side of history where she's called the red bitch by the Nazis and yeah. the Nazis believe that it's one woman but and Sarah six. believes that it's the unit that's mm-hmm. doing it. She is the best of the unit, mm-hmm. but she doesn't believe that she has 300 confirmed kills. She doesn't. She thinks that it's the unit that has been amassed into this one figure. Yeah. But her myth has grown so much within her squadron and outside her squadron that even the people on her team say, no, I think it's Sarah. And they believe in the red bitch and they believe that it's Sarah. But I think that's Gareth Ennis's way of saying it probably wasn't one person. It's mm-hmm. very unlikely that that was anything but propaganda to show that Russian women were strong and fierce and not that Russian women aren't strong and fierce. But then they bloody, that. Ben, you know that from experience, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, but for then they fall, for, they fall for the trap themselves. Yeah. Because then it's two of them. Yeah, it at turns out that it's two. two. At least two. And Could she falls more. for it. She doesn't wait. She mm-hmm. slips her cover. Because at the beginning... She is a well-oiled machine. She yeah. follows all protocol, all things like that. We're given, we're, we're treated to a fantastic scene in issue one and two where she's working out the mental arithmetic around how she's going to take out that. She's given a high-level target. They want him assassinated right as he gives um, the Heil Hitler salute, mm-hmm. the, the famous Nazi salute, because that would really undermine the Nazis right as their symbol is done. And you can see her working through. She has kind of a Sherlock moment from the BBC series where she works out all the angles mm-hmm. and starts to do that. And eventually she pulls it off with a plum um, and walks away victorious. 
the copycat, the the German uh, foil to her, the counterpart that she has on the German side, does the exact same thing. Does the exact same thing to her. And it's a taunt to Sarah. It's showing him that I am as good as you I and I will eliminate like your team. Okay. I didn't think it was. I don't think it was. Go on. I thought it was just a parallel. I don't think it was. It a, was a common task. Yeah. I don't think it was a. I think a lot of it was to show. What, the interesting thing for me about this is she discovers that her unit kill sorry her team killed her family hmm. right so she signs up initially hating the germans and wanting to get back at them absolutely but then when she dies she's not fighting to defend russia anymore yeah she's fighting to defend her, her team. band of sisters yeah that's i thought the most interesting thing and the other parallels that happen through it like the 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 leader of both sides being killed yeah and um and the falling for the same tricks and it turning out to be six of them and turning out to be at least two of them yeah i think all of that was showing that they were basically all the same yeah yeah that i didn't think it was targeting her i don't think they would have even been able to tell that it was her which one it was yeah because if it was they could have just shot her there and then she yeah, standing that's right true. in front of him. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. That's a much better reading of it, to be fair, in a thematic sense. That's yeah. what I thought. That's what I... That's no, I'd be inclined to agree with you. Here's the thing, Ben. Let's talk about this now. Do you, do you think she got him with the grenade? I don't... It's a, it's a bit of a bloody well, no they leave for old men ending. Yeah, it? it's, it's good. I would be inclined to think she probably didn't. I think he's a very well-trained sniper and probably knows that trick quite well. Mm. Um, and considering they worked in pairs because it shows at the end he's the disciplined one because she knew this rule at the beginning she says you don't break cover until you're absolutely certain you have to wait a minimum mm-hmm. of 30 minutes undercover because they'll wait as well and they'll try and pick you off when you break cover um, and she knew this at the beginning but you can see as she goes along she lost the discipline that came with her training because she stopped believing in what she was doing as a machine Um and so there's an emotional element to it. Whereas he gets her because she breaks cover too soon. Um, I think he's still highly trained. Um, and I'm not saying he won't have a similar issue later in his career, but we never see that man. He's a faceless man. Mm-hmm. It would be a lovely end if she gets him. Do you think so? Uh, from a personal... Uh, probably not, actually. Bloody war it, comics yeah, are tough, aren't they? Isn't it bloody war? I don't think it would be a lovely end. I think it's best left ambiguous. I think yeah. it was a perfect decision to leave it ambiguous. Um, which brings us to the next thing, I suppose. This comic wouldn't be anything without Steve Epting. Bloody and, Steve. Well, it would. Uh, it would Elizabeth Brightweiser. Um, I'm assuming it's Brightweiser and not Brightweiser, but I'm not sure where she's from. So I'm <laughs> going to go with the German spelling, which is Brightweiser. <laughs> um, we'll do the L classic VW. Um my God, such composition, Michael. No, Ben, the composition, Ben. Ben, did you think they were a little bit sexy to be Russian sniper ladies? They're a little bit idealized. <laughs> a little Just bit a idealized. Little tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, not all of them, but a no, lot of them are very sexy. The one who's very based on the realistic woman is yeah, Sarah. very realistic. But Sarah and Mary, the one with the black hair. Yeah, and Sarah's the, a little too sexy, so yeah. is Mary. They're all a bit Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, they are, actually. <laughs> looks like a little gang of Jennifer Lawrence's. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. 
But I do think I think in terms you have to sell it somehow, Michael. But I think it's just beautifully illustrated in general, Michael. The one scene that I have a real issue with is is this one here, Michael, where she's facing down the whole army, and you can see that they're very poorly rendered little three D models that have just been copied across the top. Right. Um, Well, this is what this is the one thing that struck me, Ben. In previous issues, uh, in previous episodes of the comic bi-weekly, monthly comic book collecting issues, go on. You've given out. You've ranted and raved about Tracy. Not necessarily just tracing, but things like um, inserting reference. I don't know how to describe it, Ben. I don't know the technical term. Tracing. But putting in real photos, real trees, for example. Just putting real trees in the background. It's real lazy. And drawing over them. I thought that this looked like that sometimes. It does, definitely. Do you think that's uh, happening in this? And why is it, why are you okay with it here? I'm not okay with it in those places. I just pointed out to you, Michael, I'm really not okay with it. There's another good example of it there. You're going to have to explain it, Ben, because the listeners can't see um, it. So there's a, an example. A lot of the times, uh, a lot of this takes place in forests and tree lines. Yeah. And it's very hard to draw consistent tree lines. Uh, is it? It takes a lot of effort. It's just boring. Uh, that too. Yeah, I think it's probably more boring. Um, and so occasionally you will see just a... Uh, casual photoshop brush dragged across the top and and given a thing or a photo stuck in with a little bit of matte painting overlay do you think that's what's going on absolutely in certain cases absolutely and you're right it is shite um, <laughs> and i hadn't considered it and now i am considering it and you've ruined it for me oh have i um no you haven't ruined it completely because i do think some other panels are very dynamic for example the one just above that uh, so at one Where point sarah straps the other sniper to a tree mm-hmm. and leaves him there with glass yeah showing to twinkle so he's shot by his own partner yeah um which is very entertaining um but you're absolutely right there is definitely some tracing there um and it should be it should be shunned michael disgraceful behavior but i do think there are other panels for example the last panel which i'm a big fan of um that are beautifully composed um in terms of a gritty realistic style michael nails it square between the eyes suits the story perfectly to my mind some of the explosions are very shitty as well some of the explosions, I have a feeling that a lot of the vehicles are photoshopped. Very yeah. possibly, yeah. Um, they're very... Ben, I used to be a World War Two model maker, as you know. Yeah, recovering. And, uh, recovering World War Two model maker. And a lot of the vehicles are very, very accurately depicted. Very yeah, accurately Could be a map painting. I think some of them might be reference photos. Did it take you out of it? No, actually. Um, I was left thinking about why you're so against it to be honest because, I because this is an example of very well done yeah matte painting they're not all like that sometimes it's just pure lazy who who, who does it uh, is it the artist or the I colorist I can't remember his name no no it's the artist uh, it's the artist who does it yeah. no I'm not asking about a person I'm asking oh, okay. in the process it's the artist who makes the choice um, like let's say here right we have a panel here yeah. where um the rest of the Russian army has arrived to save the lads. Yes. Right? Those two tanks are probably drawn from reference. Almost certainly. From Dra- reference. No, no, hang on. Hang drawn. On. Drawn from reference. I from think, reference right? is not the same as... I know. Yeah. Okay. That's Sorry, just saying. checking. These Sorry. are drawn from yeah. reference. They're not traced. Yeah. These soldiers are all drawn. Yes. Those trees there are drawn. Yeah. Those that explosions backdrop. are a Photoshop effect. Almost certainly. That backdrop is a Photoshop effect. Almost certainly. Who put the explosions and the photo- and the background in? Steve the Epting. Artist, Steve Epting. Steve Epting. I think... It's an artist's choice. I think there are situations in the modern world where that is not only acceptable, but preferable. 
for pure realism. Yeah, for yeah. The, for the comic the like of this. Yeah. I think for this type of comic for this type of comic there's those mountains Ben. Yeah, those mountains Someone are definitely photoshopped on those mountains. No. no. But what I'm saying is I'd rather that type of well-done photoshopping than a hastily scribbled mountain. But as I said, that is a hand-done or that is a, a well-done example of what it is. It can very often be very shittily done. Um, which is where I have an issue with it. I will show you some examples next week, Michael. Everybody knows, Ben, that cars are hard to draw consistently. They are. Why not just stick in a bloody Photoshop of a car? Well, they do that now. <laughs> I mean, There's no one arguing this point it, with you, Michael. Is it, is it a lack of artistic merit that would. I, I don't know if it's a lack of artistic merit. I think it depends on what you're producing the comic for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this case, you're right. It absolutely suits because it's a very specific type of vehicle at a very specific time. Yeah. Um, and it's really important to have those things technically and accurately drawn. No, it's not. For certain vehicles? In yeah, the, it's, in not, this case. it's not really important. Like, you could still enjoy a comic like this. Rendered in a cartoon style. Mm, well, I think it's probably up to the wishes of Steve Epting and Garth Ennis. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Steve Epting has made his career drawing espionage comics. And um, in general, he's made his career on accurate comics, like war comics and stuff like that. That's his thing. Um, and it suits because, as you can see, he does very muted color palettes, very grimy stuff. It doesn't mm. really suit superheroes in the right way. For when he wants to draw them, especially in today's modern comic book landscape, where a more cartoony style and cell shading and stuff like that has become all the rage again. Hmm. Um, so it, it does suit him to do this kind of project. Um, in general, I'm yeah, you're right. I need to kind of revise my stance on it, I suppose, uh, going forward. But in general, it's probably a a, a point of of artistic merit thievery. I don't know. I, I just don't. It's not the same. I don't know. We'll bloody see. We'll bloody see, Ben. We'll bloody see. see. Ben, if people enjoyed this, what else should they bloody read? Uh, well, as I just mentioned there, uh, Steve Epping's work on Captain America, when he did it with Ed Brubaker, is fantastic. The whole Winter Soldier saga that inspired the movie, etc., is done by Steve Epting and Ed Brubaker, and it's absolutely fantastic. Great comic. Uh, very, very different from this um, in that it's espionage and covert operations as opposed to battlefield things, mm-hmm. which is something Garth Ennis hates. As it turns out. Espionage. Uh, no, he doesn't like those in the stories. Um, he thinks that they're glorified as if everything that happens in a war happens behind the scenes. Okay. And he says it very often detracts from what people have given on the battlefield. So he says he prefers an open battlefield story. And it was really important for him to tell one like this. Um, so that's a good example. You can check out Garth Ennis's, uh War Journal series for Punisher. Um, very similar again in style and that kind of thing. You could check out some of the other TKO Studio things, which I had a little bit of a look at, um, all of which are relatively realistic and well-rendered. This seems to be the kind of thing that they're going for. I think it's probably given away a little bit in the name of the publishing label, TKO Studios, not necessarily TKO Publishers. They're going for a more cinematic style of comic book. Oh, you think so? Um, printed in the USA. Almost comic books are printed in the USA, aren't they? Yeah, I don't China. know if that's... Where are comic books printed? I don't know. Let's bloody check I that. Know, I can't, get on, can't get on board with that. I don't Where know do much. I do W printer comics? Hold on, let's have a quick look. Ben, I would also recommend the movie starring Jude Law. Jude Law is a sniper. Uh, behind Enemy Lines? No, Enemy, at the, Enemy at the Gate. No, but I'm saying the film should be called Jude Law is a sniper. Jude Law is a sniper, yeah. which is also uh, <laughs> Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, that's... Um, which features all around that. Yeah, it yeah. revolves around a Russian sniper and a, his relationship with a political officer. Class. Or... You know, if you want a bit of just Russians going up what against the system, yourself? 
Russians going up against the system and you give you roll your eyeballs over Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl is great. Um, and then, as Garth Dennis himself pointed out, Band of Brothers. If you're into that gritty in the in the bunkers in the trenches camaraderie kind of vibe, go and give it a bloody look. See, yeah. um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again to Cron. Thanks again to Crom, who did an amazing, an amazing recommendation job there. Uh, did anybody else read it? Have you read it? What did you think of it? What did we miss? What did you love? What did you miss? We didn't miss any shots. Like we didn't Sarah miss, any, miss shots. any shots. No, Sarah doesn't miss any shots, eh? Hey, hey, hey. See what I've done? Um, you can get in touch with us as usual on the Facebook group where we discuss these kinds of things. Um, there's the Instagram. You can get in touch with us there. And there is shomrabeog.com, which is S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G dot com. It means tiny room in Irish. Uh, it means tiny room in Irish. And uh, yeah, let us know what you thought. It was a good read. Um, we're looking forward to it. I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing next time? time but what are we we'll doing in two weeks' time? It. Another comic? Uh, another comic book. Uh, I'm going to do a pitch right now, but we haven't discussed it, so you no. may not like it. Go on. Uh, Headlopper by Image Comics. All right, comics. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, go with that. It's a fantasy minimalist Conan the Barbarian style. Well, it's very uh, different from thing. what we've been doing, isn't it? So yeah, let's yeah, do that. So then. Headlopper by Image Comics. So we'll be doing volume that one in two weeks. Headlopper volume one, book one um, of Headlopper. We'll be taking a look at it in two weeks. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us your opinions. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.